You're listening to Clone Dance Party, Season 1, Episode 8, Entangled Bank. Art and Angie follow the trail of dead Sarah, while Kira meets Auntie Helena. I'm Bob. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. And I'm Matt. Welcome, Matt. Hey, Matt. (laughs) Hi. Hello, hello, clones. (laughs) (laughs) So we asked our guests how much of Orphan Black they've seen, uh, how you started watching it, and if you have any other podcasts you want to uh, mention. Sure. Um, I got into Orphan Black because it was just one of those shows that people kept talking about, particularly on the on the internet, blogs like io9 and just on Twitter and in magazines too. Everyone was talking about how great this was. So I downloaded the show and watched it after the first season had ended and pretty much um, marathoned it and uh, then watched the second season when it when it aired live. I also think I caught the end of an episode, maybe end of episode two, before the Graham Norton show started. It was that scene where uh, Sarah is at Allison's house for the first time, and Cosima walks out, and she's like, "Hi, I'm Cosima." Uh, and yeah. Sarah goes, "How many of this? How many of us are there?" And I was like, "Oh, oh that looks interesting. I'll have to check that out later." Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the Graham Norton show. <laughs> Are you troubled by the strange ending to Sherlock? Do you experience feeling of dread while waiting for Doctor Who to return? Have you or your family actually seen Orphan Black, Person of Interest, or Sleepy Hollow? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Log in to the home of all things geek, the Earth Station One Network. Our podcasts are on call 24 hours a day to serve all your geek needs. The ESO Network will be right there. We're ready to geek out with you. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Okay, so as you've seen the whole series, Lynette, you're our newbie. What were your first impressions of this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was was a good one. Yeah, it was kind of a roller coaster for me. It lost points and gained points, so... Yeah, it was pretty good. They were, I give them credit for being accurate. <laughs> Very accurate. What did you think of DeAngelis in this episode? DeAngelis? Oh, yeah, she's showing her true colors. Yeah, <laughs> she's, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to put my finger on what is it about her that I don't like? And she exists. This, well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there, there had to be, there, there's got to be something, and it's just her personality, her attitude, the way she kind of carries herself. There's a scene later in the episode, she goes in to the morgue, and instead of saying, hello, Colin, how are you? She goes, hey, morgy, or what's up, morgy? And it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is why we don't like you. Because you're just, you're just, oh. She's so fake, and it's so superficial. She thinks she's uh, for us, we could see her agenda all over the place, you know, and it's not a good one. Yeah, I feel like her thing is that she likes to be she wants to be Art's partner, and she wants to be the only lady cop so she can be the different, special, unique little snowflower. And that's why she didn't like Beth, because Art liked Beth, and Beth was, um, I'm thinking before it was Sarah Beth, was a good cop. And then, Yeah, she got the limelight. And DeAngelis didn't like that, so she wants to show that Beth isn't good and that she's the only one who can handle being a cop. And that's why she was so extra bitchy hard on Beth 
Sarah when she was called into the office to figure out why she has a doppelganger and all that. And she was playing super bad cop. And you could see on Art's face, he was not digging that. He did not like the way that was going down. He did not like attacking Beth like that. And DeAngelis was just like, yeah, I'm proving my shit. I'm right. You're wrong. You're horrible. I'm this. <laughs> I think you got it perfect. I think she is doing a special little snowflake flower. I really, really do. <laughs> Sorry. And I she, she's a bossy know-it-all. And this show has only room for one bossy know-it-all, and that's Allison. <laughs> that's right. And Sarah and Cosima. <laughs> and Mrs. S. Oh, Mrs. S in this episode. Uh. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. Oh, she was, she was great. Oi, oi, Mrs. S. Oi, oi. And you're alive. Yeah? Why? Two homicide detectives on my doorstep this morning, quite convinced they'd found your body in a gravel quarry. Who wants mimosas? Sit down and shut your gob. I was tempted to claim the remains and feed them to you both on toast. Would you care to enlighten me? I don't want to lie to you, so not yet. Yeah. So, Matt, do you remember what you thought of this the first time around? And you can talk about, you know, the season as a whole up to this point as well. Yeah, I can't. I, pro- I probably can't really pinpoint down this episode specifically, but I think I do remember the scene between Allison and Mrs. S and the warmth that Mrs. S showed Allison and just Allison's kind of. Well, she was drunk, possibly high, too. I'm the biggest mess there is, Allison. No, 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 because you say F it. I tried to say F it today, and I blew up my whole life. I just wanted to say F this. F you. And I have to. I have to know that. And they were just, it was great. It was, it was a wonderful scene, and I remember being shocked at the ending. Yeah. Delighted and surprised mm-hmm. Janice what did you think of this I, I thought it was a great episode and a lot and that a lot happened I still don't like Helena so or Helena however you say it so having her in it at all it really creeped me out it really creeped me out that that Kira would go with her so yeah so you didn't feel sorry for Helena by the end no well, I mean, not any more than usual. I mean, I guess to I have I have to say I don't like her, but I guess I am starting to feel sorry for her. I mean, she does seem to be when you see her look at the pictures of Beth and Paul, and you and then in this episode, that's prior episodes, and you see her looking at the photos of Kira in this episode. She's looking at it longingly, like she wants these things, and you know, I do feel kind of bad for her. She wants love. She wants someone to love and she wants to be loved and she hasn't had that. But she still still creeps me out. And part of it I think is that they you know, they had that that horrible I don't even know if it's music, but sound whenever she there's a scene with her and it just it's like scratching on a blackboard and I'm like, get yeah. me out of here. It's very it, I think it's a little too overdone, a little too overplayed. But it is funny that they play the music and you know what the scene's going to be before you even see her. Right. Like, oh, here comes Helena. Helena. (laughs) Now I'm doing it. And she did let Kira go rather than bring her to Tomas. Yeah, I was wondering about about that. Why? I mean, I'm assuming there was a lot of conflicting things going on in her head. You know, and was she 
Why do you think she was bringing Kira to Tomas? Was it because she wanted to see if he thought Kira should be disposed of? Or was it because she wanted to say, look, you're wrong. She had, you know, this it as a daughter. How can she be an it? I think it's a little bit of both, but more of the latter. Yeah, I think she wants to tell Tomas to explain to her how this how this thing that she's always assumed has been told was it. She wants him to explain to her how how could have a child. Right. Have this human thing happen. Yeah, and Kira explained to her that her mother was real. And Helena realized that Kira knows everything. Yeah. Perhaps Helena thinks that if she took Kira that Kira could be her daughter and she could be the mom and Tomas could be like the grandfather that Mrs. S role and she could just duplicate the life that Sarah has. She's that that's her angle. I kind of wonder if Helena even wonders if she is real herself. If she, if she really truly believes what Tomas tells her that she's the original. Well, if she believed it, I think she's having some serious doubts. Yeah. Liz, what were your impressions of this? I hate endings like this. <laughs> I am not a patient person. So luckily, I watched it right before season two. So I was able to like marathon season one. So it was only like five seconds before I figured out what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I really hate I hate cliffhangers like that. I really like the stuff with Kira and Helena. You're just like my mom. No, I'm not. She's not real. Of course she is. And um, how Kira was like, but of course she's real. And then the Helena, what happened to you? And the hug and the Helena calling her angel. And I really liked all that. And I think it did something important when it humanized Helena to Helena because if all of these clones all of these others are fake they're it's then she can't possibly be truly real if they're not real even though Tomas is telling her that she's the original and she's not an abomination but they're all her she's looked into their eyes and now she has Sarah who she feels this connection with and Sarah has a daughter which means that Sarah can't be fake she can't just be an it because it's don't reproduce And so I think it humanized Helena to Helena. And I feel like that was really important because I don't think Helena has ever seen herself as human. And just the stuff with Mrs. S. Well, and Allison. God, Allison. And this show, so much important stuff happens every week with everybody. But I feel like there was so much important development in seeing a different side of Siobhan and... Cosima and Delphine. I think we saw something really important about Delphine in this episode too, which mm. I really enjoyed. And so I think, yeah, I just, so many important things. Can I say one more thing about Helena? No. When I think she's been told different, different sides to, to her origin story from Tomas and from Sarah. She doesn't know what to believe, but in that moment when Kira hugs her, it's such a genuine moment from a child who doesn't have an angle that it kind of opens her eyes in a way that just, you know, Sarah has not been able to. She knows that Kira has no ulterior motive. She's like, she can trust this feeling. And when she feels the warmth, then she knows she wants more of that. That's probably why she let her go. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. 
And there is some kind of psychic connection between her and Helena and Kira. It just appeared that way because why would Kira go with Helena? Why would she trust her that way? Kira doesn't seem like a dumb child. I mean, I'm not saying that children who go with people are dumb. That's not what I mean. Is I'm, I'm sure she's been told a million times, don't go with strangers. But for some reason, well, she connected with Helena. We've seen Mrs. S tell her not to answer the door unless we've invited someone. Yeah. It is very strange. She never, she never seemed like a careless child in that regard. She seemed actually too smart for her age. Yeah, exactly. And to go with a strange woman. And that's stranger than most. It's just one another, another one of mommy's friends that look like her. Yeah, another auntie. An auntie who needs help. Or a hairdresser. Definitely a hairdresser. Help can come in all kinds of ways. Yeah. Okay, well, Lynette, since we're getting quite late in the season, I should start asking you what I've asked you on another podcast, which is, who do you think dies this season? Okay, who dies this season? <laughs> Let me think for a second. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not Kara. That's my hope. I believe it will be... Can I hope that it's going to be a D'Angelis? <laughs> sure. Absolutely. No, yeah, I, that is my hope, that it won't happen. <laughs> who dies? Who dies? Okay. Well, I know Mrs. S does it because I heard the rumor that she's still around. Not Helena. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, oh, I don't want to say this one, but are they going to do away with Delphine? That's a possibility. Huh. For whatever it's worth, I've heard Delphine compared to Tara. Oh, yeah, well, huh, there you go. Yeah, I was <laughs> kind of thinking that. Thinking like, well, that's, that relationship is just too, too good. <laughs> you know, it's just the so. beginning stages. How can you say it's too good? Oh, well, I don't know. Just that feeling I got. <laughs> I'm going to go with Delphine. They're going to get rid of her. Okay. Well, the rest of us know, so... No. I'm just hoping I'm wrong, so we'll see. So what do you make of Allison in this episode? Allie! Hey! Hi, Chad. Singlehood. Free at last, huh? What are you doing here, Ainsley? I know, right? Chad, go play with your dumbbells. I told you, I've got this covered. You're in no condition to be coaching the kids. Way to run salt in the Ainsley. Yeah. Sorry, I tried. I'm perfectly fine. And no one asked you to step for me, so leave. Allison, you're mad at Donnie, not me. I told you to stay away from me. And I told you you're not yourself. I know what you're doing, Ainsley. You want to mess with my life? I'm going to mess with yours. Allison, Allison, Allison. Allison does not know how to do the bad girl thing at all. She does not know how to survive in chaos. <laughs> she does not know how to say F it. <laughs> you know, 15 years ago during Godspell does not make you a pot smoker, sweetheart. No. <laughs> well, she was smarter about it than Chad. What? <laughs> I adored, I adored the, the band scene. That was great with feet on the window. <laughs> I don't know. Allison, that is not how you rebel. No. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, shit. Okay. Fine. You caught me. Just please don't narc on me to Ainsley. You know how apeshit she gets about stuff like this. Whoa. Allison. You know, Chad, this is the first day I've had since Godspell in college. I don't know what that is. (sighs) Okay. Got any more? Smoke through the roof. Accelerated dissipation. 
Fewer air fresheners required. Speaking of fresh air, cheers to finally getting Donnie off your couch. Mocking the failure of my marriage? Alright. No, don't be. I gather you and Ainsley aren't exactly booking nooners. Hey. You know, the thing about you and me, Hendrix, hmm. we're sharks. We stop moving, we die. Hmm. Oh, you certainly got that down. Those late night runs and your sleeveless tees. You ain't so bad yourself. Tight glutes. Nice pecs. I bet you could bench press me. Easy. <clears throat> bet you could bounce me like a ball. And I'm glad for that whole exchange because now we know that that what's her name, her girlfriend, for me, isn't really her watcher, but she's just a really jealous uh, Allison wannabe type type. It's because she was like freaking out about her husband. Get out! Get out! Mira saw you screwing my husband! Everyone knows you screwed my husband! Well, maybe if you pay more attention to him and less to me. Get out of the car, Allison! You have no idea who you're dealing with. No, I know exactly who you are. You're a, a sleazy watcher spy. A sleazy? That's rich coming from a backstabbing psycho slut like you. So what makes mm-hmm. you say that Ainsley isn't her monitor? I, I don't know. Just that, that she was actually really upset that Alice is slept with her husband. Of course, well, she could still be the monitor. You, that's true. You know. I mean, her her family life could absolutely still be real, and she could still be very pissed off at somebody that she knows boinked her husband. Yeah, very true. Very true. So I guess she's still in the running. Was she babysitting Allison's kids while Allison and Donnie were at marriage counseling? Uh, no, no, they, they were at they her were, mother's, I think. Yeah. Is, did they say that? Okay. Yeah. But she had a key that. and she was going to come in and water the plants, right? Right. Yeah, because right. she's Allison's story. best friend, so she's taking care of the house while they're gone. I'm just shocked. We, of course, we don't know Allison before all this started, but it's just hard to me, for me to believe that Allison had any friends. Well, me too. <laughs> and let alone give any of them a key. <laughs> yeah, and then when she's at the uh, the figure skating rink and the uh, the other mother came up to her, Allison, if you need anything, I'm here for you. It's like at one time, Allison must have been a really together person to have these friends that really want to support her. Well, yeah, yeah, before she found out she was a clone. Now she's a neurotic mess, and I can't imagine anybody wanting to be her friend. I mean, I'd be her friend, but because I love her. I see 
the way all of her friends did that. Like, the only person she told that she was divorcing Donnie was Ainsley. And somehow this other woman already knows. That's because Ainsley was calling everybody. Oh, my God. Did you hear about Allison and Donnie? Yeah, no, they're totally getting divorced. It didn't. Couples therapy. No, listen. Couples therapy didn't work. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to take over figure skating class tonight because Allison just really needs some her time because this is all about her. So what I'm going to do to make everything better is I'm going to take over all of Allison's responsibilities and just, you know, don't tell anybody about the divorce. Like, that's what Ainsley was doing when we couldn't see her. And that's why this person knew that Allison and Donnie were getting divorced. And that's how that group of women, that's how they are, is they are all frenemies. They all want to be the best mom, the best housekeeper, the best everything on the block. So they're constantly undermining each other with that. Oh my God, your new house looks so pretty. I love the color you painted it. I mean, I'd never be so bold as to paint it that color, but that's amazing for you. That's how all of them are. Everybody knew before she even got to the skinny weight, she was getting a divorce. Every single person was like, oh, Allison, can I help you? But I mean, I have to say, I think if it had happened to someone else before the whole clone thing, Allison would have been just like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think Allison's a a superior person. Oh, no, 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 no. I think she she fitted right in with that whole group. Played the right. game she very absolutely well. Did. She absolutely and now, did. And now she's looking at it from a different perspective, like on the outside. And it's like, so, you know, she's calling what what Ainsley's doing to the T. And everybody else just thinks she looks crazy. But she knows what's going on because she's done it. So Because since she's been hiding the fact that she's a clone from her husband and her kids and everybody, she now sees, like, what lies can do and how much lying she's been doing about all these people and how much she cares about them and how much she wants to be the craft queen with all of her little scissors and her wrapping room and, you know, all of that. And I don't get me wrong, I think Allison totally loves being a mom and she totally loves her kids and she would be the soccer mom and the and the ice skating coach and I think she does all of that for her kids and it's the reason she's still doing it is for her kids and I feel like that would be the reason she got in with that group anyway was for her kids. Right, because that would be what was expected to be done for the kids in that particular community. Exactly. This is how I assure my kids remain popular in school. Exactly. That way the teachers love them. They can get their letters of recommendation, go on to the proper universities, and lead Mm -hmm. their good upper middle class lives. Especially for her kids in that neighborhood, her kids would have a harder time. Exactly. So given what we know about Allison... Do you feel sorry for Donnie, or do you feel happy that he's getting out? And if Donnie's her monitor, how is that going to affect things? Well, if Donnie's her monitor and he's on the way out, they'll find somebody else fairly quickly. I um, think if Donnie's her monitor and he's on the way out, he's not going to be on the way out for very long. I think he's going to do some grand gesture. You think so? Yeah. Because look at everything that they gave to Paul. I mean, Paul That's got a true. house and cars and everything. So I don't think Donnie's going to be willing to give all that up. Yeah, because I think that stuff is pretty important to him. So you could be very right about that. And I think Donnie also loves his children and loves Allison, despite who she is, was becoming. Yeah, I don't think he got, if he was the monitor, he got into it because he had any bad feelings about Allison. He just thought, what a great opportunity. I live with my wife anyway. I'm there all the time anyway. I can make money. Why they have me monitor her? Exactly. You know, I think it was a very... How is it that Donnie, if he is the monitor, how is it that he could possibly get out? I mean, they threatened Paul. Why would he even think that he could get out? 
Well, if she kicks him out, he's out. Right. Okay. But there was this scene. I mean, you see this scene with Delphine and Leaky in the car where he, you know, he really kind of pressures her to go back and, and do what she needs to do to get information from Cosima. I can imagine him doing the same thing to Donnie. Where are you with Cosima? Closer. She, she made a pass at me, Aldous. Really? Cosima's safety is at stake. Other subjects, too. I need to know which ones she's in contact with. But she has to initiate disclosure. I'm not saying disclose. This is a direct threat, so I need you to dig deeper, faster. Yeah, Donnie, do you want to see your kids? Do you want yeah. that nice car? Do you want to be able to golf every Sunday at the most prestigious club in Scarborough? Do you want your kids to be able to go to Harvard or Princeton or wherever it is that he wants his kids to go? Whatever any of that is. Do you still want your kids to be able to live this life? Do you want Allison to be alive? Good. Go back to her. Yeah. 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 You know, you're, and I think you're right. Because Alice says, I don't really want to divorce Tony. I just don't want to lie anymore. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe he comes clean with her as that grand gesture and kind of works yeah, on maybe. both sides of it. I'm just trying to imagine Donnie and Leaky having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, you're a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one thing for him to deal with scientists like Cosima and Delphine and such, but Donnie, like, wow. Yeah. Well, he dealt with Olivier. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kevin, the sex offender. Yeah, that was, yeah. I'm sure, was pretty slimy for him. Because so he I looks think. like so much more a Kevin than an Olivier. Olivier. Which I think coming up with the name Olivier just proves my point of his amazing pretentiousness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, just yeah, going back to Donnie for a second, I don't think we can really weigh in on on him or if he's smart or dumb or if he would fit in with Leaky or not because we don't really, we haven't seen him enough. The only time we really got a lot of Donnie was when he was tied up being tortured with a hot glue gun. So I'm not sure we could say that he's not smart or that he's, you know, anything. You really need some scenes with Donnie where he's just by himself or with somebody who's not his wife. Yeah, just to get a real to, good picture of him. Yeah, it's time to peel back some layers on Donnie there. Well, what we've what we've been told about Donnie, like the first thing we see about Donnie is he can't take care of the kids because he has a tea time. And then Chad says, oh, you're finally getting Donnie off your couch. And, you know, Ainsley has mentioned, you know, I know you guys were having trouble. So I, I think we can assume that Donnie might not be the greatest human ever. But I do agree that we don't know everything about him. A lot of what we know about Donnie comes from Allison's opinions and... Chad and Ainsley, who are not reliable people either. No. And in fact, they would probably, she would especially, uh, Ainsley, would say things disparaging about Donnie just to stir the pot. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you're right, we have not actually spent any real time with Donnie like we have Paul, so we'll see. But yeah, Olivia's gross. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that that nurse gave him that shot in the foot. I love it. I knew it was coming, but I love it. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Did I, I call that or what, you guys, huh? Yeah? Yes. And <laughs> did I not call, jumping on the I call things bandwagon here, did I not call that Olivier would be the yappy puppy to Leaky's shut up Olivier? And the first thing out of Leaky's mouth, 
Uh, Dr. Leakey, I'm Paul Dearden. I hear great things. All this, all this, she took my tail. Shut up, Olivier. Shut up, Olivier. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that's right. Because Leaky hates him because he is a pretentious, Kool-Aid drinking, poopy head. Yeah, exactly. He's sick. Yeah, what is that. the word? Sycophantic. Sycophantic. Thank you. That is the word that has been stuck in my head for three weeks now to describe <laughs> him. I love you so much right now, Lynette. <laughs> Yeah, you have to thank Angel and Harmony for that one. It was she did that scene with that. I'm incredibly sick sycophantic if that's what it means. What they said it means. <laughs> uh, there's only room on the show for one pretentious creep, and that's Doctor Leakey. <laughs> Good riddance, Olivier. You will not be missed. Seriously, Ugh, I hated him. But he really looked like he was going to be a major character. I mean, there's always some new threat coming. Yeah, Leakey showed he could be really dangerous here. Really dangerous. Well, of course Leaky can be really dangerous. He's running a clone experiment. That means he's got some funds. If you have that much money that you can run a clone experiment that started presumably in the 80s, you've got some cash flow. And if you can blackmail people who are in Afghanistan and might have shady pasts and you can actually make all that go away, yeah. You're a dangerous man. Yeah. Well, why do you think they used Day Paul to be Beth's monitor? Because he fit the bill of Beth's type. Okay. They bought him a house that would be appeasing to Beth. They gave him an identity that would get him in good with Beth. They picked Paul because he was Beth's type. So if they had picked Donnie, it wouldn't have worked so well? Not for Beth. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about Delphine and Cosima. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to get us some Eskimo pies. Eskimo. Yeah. I don't think I know it. No? No. Prepare yourself. You're about to become a craven addict. I think I already am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lynette, talk about did you it. have some opinions or thoughts on this situation? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Well, of course. Okay. Well, let's see. I have a lot of opinions about plot devices that are kind of lame and at times can be damaging to people. And uh-huh. this is one of them. And I really am not a fan of situational bisexuality plot devices. When you first see this whole setup with Leaky and Delphine, this really looks like what it is. But then when you start picking it apart, so it lost points for that because that's that's a pretty common one that is, is reinforces stereotypes that are not good. Yeah, when I look back, when Cosima kissed Delphine in the other scene, she didn't pull away from that. She stayed for the whole kiss. So mm-hmm. for me... That for me, maybe, you know, Cosima's had, is, is, is actually been bisexual all along and then meeting Cosima is just kind of a way of clarity for her. And that whole, that whole bedroom scene, they were very comfortable with each other. That was not something that, you know, she wasn't taking one for the team there. She really wasn't <laughs> as far as I could tell. And their whole conversation before about, they used all the right lingo. You know, about sexual fluidity and everything's on the spectrum. And, you know, they said the word bisexuality very, very non-invasive manner, like normal speech. And I give them like a thousand hundred points for that because you can't even get anybody to say that word to begin with. No, you really can't. Not on television. And if it does come up, it is always done in a very negative, bad way and always as a plot device. 
But that that is if you can get anybody to say it. So I, I can't tell you how how much I enjoyed that conversation between her and Cosima. It was great. They really handled a very stale, stereotypical a situation and really made it really quite well. And the other thing they did right is they did not pander to the heterosexual male. I have never thought about bisexuality. I mean, for myself, you know, but as a scientist, I know that sexuality is a, is a, is a spectrum. But, you know, social biases, they, they codify attraction. It's contrary to the biological facts. Yeah. That's oddly romantic. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and I I also want to thank uh, the Canadians for not having full frontal nudity because that that lingerie was fantastic. <laughs> and no, it then, really was. It was great. It was a very it was a very sensual, very tender scene with those two, and it really I just like oh I'm so shipping now. <laughs> and then of course you know somebody pointed out to me Kasima gets on and puts on that beautiful little red coat, and boy tell me that's not pandering the hetero because that was really sexy guys, <laughs> really sexy. Just putting on yeah. the red coat over just her broad panties. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was so like wow. And then I also know the other reason I think that Delphine has probably been struggling with this and really cares about Kasima and is not just doing it because Leaky wants her to. She made Leaky several times verify that his interest in Kasima was to protect her before yes. she went through and get, got all that information for him. She's really concerned about Kasima. And the other thing that makes me think that she's going to be okay is that she didn't give him Kira's name. Promise me Kasima's safe. Her quest, Aldis, it's, 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 it's all perfectly, perfectly natural. Believe me, I'm protecting her. Now, what is it? Well, she's not only researching her own biology, but she is aware of, of, of eight others. She's had contact. I need names. Yes, well, some of them seem to be dead. Um, Yannicka Zingler. Yes. Daniel Fournier. Yes. Yes. Katia Obinger. Yes. Elena. Uh, there is no last name. Well, why not? There's Alison Hendricks, Beth Childs, and... Sarah Manning. Sarah Manning. Anything else on her? No, nothing. So I gave him points off for doing the stale and a little bit damaging uh, situational bisexuality scene thing, but they saved it and really made it very good. They really did a good job. They kind of turned it all the way around and kind of like busted all those stereotypes in that scene. So yay on that. And that lingerie, yes. hey, I want to find out where the heck that lingerie is at because it is so cute. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I agree with a lot of your assessment. That was one of my favorite scenes when I first saw this because it is really important to show multiple types of sexuality and the fluidity of sexuality. And I like Delphine's comment, I always cry after sex with boys too. I, I cry after sex with boys too. Yeah, exactly. And whether or not Delphine ever necessarily questioned her sexuality, in my experience, I've known a lot of women who have seemed attracted to other women but thought that that's just how all women saw other women mm -hmm. but they were never attracted enough to take that next step or have an intimate moment with another woman and so i think for delphine it could have been something similar well all women can see when another woman is that sexy well no they can get that she's pretty and understand sort of that she's sexy but not necessarily be attracted to her and delphine you obviously seem to be attracted to this specific girl so that might raise more questions and then having whatever type of intimate relations they had 
really could have like, oh, maybe this isn't how everybody sees yeah. the same gender. And that could have opened something up for her. And I think you're pretty accurate about that because that is kind of kind of like my story. I always thought that that's how most women saw other women and it that, that attracted that way. But I never felt it was appropriate to go any further than that in my head. So I always just stayed away right. from that. And it wasn't until I actually like this situation met someone who kind of made me deal with that in an honest manner. And that was pretty much my situation, too. Yeah. And it's I felt that was really quite accurate. And I really love that conversation they had. Uh, is there uh, realistic and powerful. I completely agree. And I like the fact that Delphine mentioned sexuality being fluid and being on a spectrum because that's the way I've always felt mm-hmm. was more fluid than specific titles. Exactly. Uh, and so that really, I felt that was really important. I feel like that's something that needs to be more openly discussed. But yeah, so I, I felt those scenes were really important. And while I feel like they did pander a little bit, there's more stuff that happens later on that I think you'll really, really like that will make the scene, this scene that we just had seem a lot less pandery. Good, good. I hope so. Well, Lynette, I, I have a question. Is it possible that Delphine could not be attracted to any other woman but Cosima, that it's the strength of Cosima's personality is really piquing her, her sexuality and her interest and that she would love Cosima as much as she's loved anybody else, but any other woman, not so much. Would that make her bisexual or just... Well, it, I mean, well you- it, it, that's what she called herself, but... Yes, that is that is very common. I mean, and that is a you know a part of bisexuality. One of the things about bisexuality is it's so diverse. Nothing is fifty-fifty. You can have deep romantic attractions with someone of the same gender or a different gender, and you know that falls under the spectrum of it too. So, could I label her a bisexual if that was the case? I couldn't, but she could definitely could definitely definitely could because there you know I know a lot of people that there's only been one person in their life that made them that they were that they were that in love with and felt that sexually attracted to like that. And uh, so yeah, that would it would qualify. And I would think that if anybody could could do that, it, it would be Cosima. It's just yeah. her her beauty and her intelligence and her wit are so uh, compelling. I genuinely feel like Delphine cares about Cosima, and mm-hmm. that's why she kind of withheld the Kira card. She doesn't want Dr. Leakey to have all the cards. Mm-hmm. And she, I think when she cried, she was crying probably for a multitude of reasons, not just any one reason, but she was probably very happy. And she was also probably feeling guilty that she's playing this girl and she's feeling a little culpable of you know, yeah. what she's doing. I have to agree with you. And I have to kind of clarify something that, that you know, straight until you met, meet the right person kind of thing. That's, that's a kind of a dicey area to go into with people. I feel like that floats back to sexuality is on a spectrum and fluid. Yeah. And it's it really is that way because, you know, you can be absolutely, totally straight and never, ever, ever, ever in your life ever ever be able to do that and you can be kind of like Delphine is right now and that that could be called bisexuality but if that's not what she's comfortable with if Dr. Leakey and his partners at the Diet Institute are pairing monitors with clones then they not only have to have an understanding of the clone's personality ahead of the the pairing but they have to understand the the monitor's personality as well. So if they have an inkling that Cosima is gay, they're going to find a monitor possibly who is going to swing that direction too. So they're going to see, they might see something in Delphine that she's not even aware of herself. Exactly. I think that they're the perfect match. That is a great, excellent point because, you know, that's more common than you think. (laughs) 
some people mm-hmm. see see your sexuality before you ever do. <laughs> so yeah, that is a very good point. And and golly, very astute of you. And back to Delphine crying. I read her tears as an overload of emotion because I felt that their big smoochies before the bed happened was very, very intimate and slow and sensual. It wasn't just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And so I think that she wasn't necessarily, by she I mean Delphine, wasn't necessarily expecting that level of emotion when uh, Leaky was like, oh, she hit on you? Go be the honeypot. I don't think Delphine was thinking that it was going to be so intimate and so emotional. I think she was thinking porn for men. Yeah. And exactly. it wasn't going to be what it was. And she was just shocked and overloaded at the emotion of how much she cares for Kasima and how much she truly enjoyed what just happened and the intimacy of it all and was just flooded with emotion. Yep. Uh, very good. Another good point. From what Matt was saying about them trying to pick appropriate monitors, I would love to see who they think would be an appropriate monitor for Helena. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Who would they get? (laughs) Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Wait, it it wouldn't be, what's his name? Um, Vic. 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 Vic and Helena. I was you were just when, so stuck on Vic and Helena. <laughs> when when they were the cops were at Felix's apartment, I was really hoping Vic would knock on the door. <laughs> oh yeah. What else could go wrong? The other thing is that Cosima has suspected all along that Delphine was her monitor, and obviously we're seeing that Delphine is spying on her. Mm-hmm. If Cosima gets that confirmed, how do you think she's going to react? Do you think she'll be upset, or do you think she'll? You know, just shrug it off. Say, yeah, I knew that was going on all along. Yeah, I think she's prepared, prepared to do that. I knew it was going on all along kind of thing. You know, I think that's what she's prepared for. But I think she's going to be more hurt than she thought she would be. You hit really nail on the head for what I, I was going to say, Lynette. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Intellectually, she'll be prepared. Emotionally, she won't be. Exactly. Yeah. I have to say, Felix was a little mean to Cosima in this episode. I didn't like it. Well, because no. he's on Sarah's side, and Sarah and Kasima are so pig-headed and stubborn that they they have so many similarities that they can't quite meet in the middle. And so I think that he had to take his sister's side as opposed to Kasima's side. Or he could have just stayed out of it. You were the one who turned our killer against our creators. I mean, why the hell would you bring Helena into the mix? I, Ivory Tower, this all happened because you got the science wrong. No, I didn't. Yes, you did, okay? They knew I wasn't Beth from the medical tests. You said our DNA was identical. It is. You know, maybe it was your sunny personality that gave you away. Whose bloody side are you on, Kasima? Hang up, she's a freaky leaky. Shit, Faye, Kasima drank the purple Kool-Aid. Well, then to hell with that. That's not how Felix works. (laughs) Yeah, no. I have to say, I love both Felix and Cosima, so uh, I don't, I don't like it when there's friction there. And oh, I liked how uh, Felix referred to himself as Sarah's sister. Yeah. <laughs> to the cops. Does she have mm-hmm. any sisters? Just me. Just me. <laughs> <laughs> and the little um, feet playing thing was very. Oh my god! Very, oh my god, very cute. Great. Very sibling. Very oh, sibling like. I love wasn't that. It? Does it smell? Yeah, it smells like a foot. Only worse because it's yours. That, that was, was almost my rating, was sibling toes to the nose. 
<laughs> Toast to the news. <laughs> but then something else happened later in the episode that I remembered how much I liked, and that became my rating. I really liked Felix. He, he, he call and calls him, and he's all upset. No, they're coming to your house. I'm like, go take a hot bath. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Go take a hot bath. Oh, they had sex in his bed. Uh, you don't do that. Don't do that to another person. Sarah Are and Paul. No, no, I, it's one of my <laughs> first notes, but I'm just, it, we're not going chronological, so we passed over it, but it, that's just, don't do that. That's don't really that. disrespectful. Having sex in your brother's bed. Really? But well, I don't icky. necessarily think that Fee feels that way because he's a bit of a voyeur. So yeah, he, I, I think he's slightly more okay with that. I think he was more worried about the dirty sheets, but... What if I know, have a client later? I have yeah, to no, no, I got to do stuff. work here. I know it. So this episode, everybody's lost their home, apparently, right? Nobody has a place to live now. They're all going to go live at Felix's because the cops know where Felix lives. Where's everybody going to go? But now they know about Siobhan, too, so they can't yeah. go to Siobhan's. Yeah. They're going to need a, an HQ. They're going to need an HQ. They're going to have to go find the oh. initiative's old re- remains and react to it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it looks like a lot of people are getting a lot closer to finding out what's going on. I mean, Mrs. S and Art and Angie are all very close. Well, mm-hmm. Mrs. S knows what's going on now. She knows that there's clothes. Yeah, she, by the end, that- by the end, yeah, by the end of the episode, yes. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure she bought the whole thing up until then, but she's Allison. Yeah, yeah, I loved Mrs. S. Hey, you impersonated Sarah with Kira. <laughs> oh, I knew there was something going on. I like how triumphant she looked. Like, ha, I knew something was going ah, on. It could be Sarah. Yeah, I really liked that. I really like her so much better in this show than I did on Dexter. I just, mm-hmm. oh, she just didn't get a chance to play that character out right at all. Yeah. Uh, it's time, Siobhan. Time I told you what's really going on. Well, then, I am all ears. Uh, Siobhan, this is Alison Hendricks. Well, tell me more, love. I mean, it can't get any stranger than human cloning. Well, um, we live in Scarborough. About a million years ago, I went to university. You went to university? Mm, yes, kinesiology. Where'd you go wrong? Oh, that's just basically massage therapy, isn't it? Uh, no, Sarah, it's very important. It heals. Um, and then I got married. And everything is shit. (laughs) She came to see Kira once in your place, didn't she? I knew something was up. Yeah, sorry, the crazy one, Helena, was after me. Okay, so, Helena. Alison? Cosima? Beth is the... the policewoman. Yeah. Yeah, I love how much they're fleshing out the character of Siobhan. And I love how just such a trooper she is. She's like, okay, there's clones. Honey, you're a little drunk. Let's get you to bed, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I love how she immediately had the pet names for Allison and was taking care of her. And I think part of it, that's just how Siobhan is. But I also think part of it is she looks just like her daughter. She looks just like but Sarah. Like- there's that added, like, I have to take care of you. You look just like the girl that I take care of. I like that she also has an edge, though. Like, uh, with Felix, before she found out, it's like, who wants mimosas? Sit down and shut your gob. Yes. Yeah. And the I almost claimed the body fed it to you mm. on toast. 
<laughs> which I don't doubt for a second that she would do. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am never going to eat toast from Siobhan. No, no toast from Siobhan. Do we want to talk about Sarah as Beth? I always call her Seth. When Seth went into the <laughs> police department and like, why was she, why was she there? It seemed kind of like a big risk. Is this a joke? Does the name Sarah Manning mean anything to you? Who the hell is this? You've never seen her before? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, in a mirror. I can't remember why she was there, and, and even if they, they said why, it seemed kind of risky for her to just go go in and talk to Art and DeAngelis. And I didn't like that scene, but I don't like anything with Art and DeAngelis and the police. She wanted to know what was going on. I mean, because this was after the police had shown up at, at Siobhan's, right? So it was just, it was, you know. So it's a little recon? Recon, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, yeah, what do they know? But she really put herself in that uh, bad position because now she had to answer for that photograph and come up with an excuse to leave and made them more suspicious, possibly. And they took her fingerprints. Yes. Yeah. And she was careless with that, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Unless, and if I don't she had know, been that a was cop- intentional. Well, if she, had been a, if she had been a real cop, she would have thought about that before she started handling things. But, you know, I guess they were counting on that, weren't they? Ooh. Unless that was the point, she went in, touched something to give them fingerprints because she wanted them to take the prints and then compare them to what they have so that they could discount her as a suspect. Or I don't know how all that would work. I'm kind of lost in the whole fingerprint plot. Yeah, we'll see how that works out because that's I'm a little confused about it too. I'm I'm real confused about what's going to happen with Art and D'Angelo and Sarah. So. All we've had is a lot of kind of lead-in stuff, but nothing really tangible yet. Just so somebody answered this question. Do the clones have different fingerprints, or are they the same? They're the same. They're the same. Okay. So They're close enough to flag a match, the same with their DNA. It's going to be the same. I was going to say, if Cosima and Sarah were working together, right now they're they're arguing, so they're not. But if maybe... Cosima could have found a way to give her like a latex fingerprints to put over her hand of somebody else's fingerprints so that when she touched the photo and put it down, then they took the prints. They'd say, well, she's not the same girl. I don't know. Just I can't even I can't. Honestly, I don't even remember what happens in this plot. So I'm just speculating here, too. Well, but even if the fingerprints are totally a match, now they know that Beth has or who they think is Beth has the same fingerprints as the dead woman and as a third woman. I mean, they're going to be really confused by whatever results they get. Not as confused as I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your issue with the the fingerprints? What? Why is this confusing you, Beth? They keep they keep bringing it up about how the the prints could be they're the same, but then there's conditions can change them. But okay, so the conditions uh, that can change a fingerprint are scarring. So if you cut your finger and it's deep enough. The scar could overlap some of the loops and swirls and lines on your fingerprints. Burning can scar them irrevocably. If you're really, really hydrated or really, really dehydrated, it can have a small effect. And with there being clones, their fingerprints are similar within 99.8%, I think is what it is. So if they had run the fingerprints through Interpol... It would have pulled up all of the clones who had been fingerprinted in Europe. But as they didn't run it through Interpol. So right now it's only flagging the people who have been fingerprinted in Canada. 
which would be Sarah and Beth. And Beth's fingerprints are only in the police database as far as an employee of the government and not as a criminal. And they only ran it against criminal fingerprints because that's the only thing you do unless you don't get a hit and then you widen your search. So when they scanned the fingerprints, it came back with enough as it would look like dots on the computer screen. It was what they do is they measure the loops, swirls, valleys and peaks. And so there was enough of a match to flag Sarah's fingerprints, which pulled up Sarah's picture because it's connected to somebody and they found Beth. Then they noticed the similarity between Beth. Then they found out that Sarah was dead because they had falsified that information. They had faked Sarah's death. So that's where all of it's going on. Did I help her make it worse? You did both. <laughs> I am magical. I guess where I'm, I'm hung up on is they have Beth's fingerprints. I guess they fingerprint her because she's a cop, so they already, yes. they already have those. But then Beth is the one that jumped, so they have the victim's fingerprints, and they say, well, the victim is Beth. But then they had... You know what? Never mind. I don't care. <laughs> but the fingerprints, Beth, the person they know, looks so similar to her clones that they don't know about. They want to fingerprint Beth, but they don't know that Beth is dead. So they're just fingerprinting Sarah again. And what it's going to do is it's going to pull the same results because when they, if they ever were to fingerprint train girl, Beth, all the fingerprints would be the same within like a 99.8% match. Do they have Katya's fingerprints? Because I thought uh, Sarah Seth deleted the files or did something tampered with the evidence. She what she in. did was she tampered with the evidence so she wouldn't be flagged because they didn't run it against Interpol. There's no reason for Katya's prints to be in uh, Canada's database, any of Canada's databases. So okay, they would so have she had got to rid run. Of her, she got rid of her own fingerprints. She didn't get rid of Katya's. Correct. Okay, I think that's where I was hung up on. So, well, okay. I mean, okay, technically they were Katya's prints, but they would have flagged Sarah mm. because Sarah is in the system. Okay. So that's what she was deleting. She was deleting Katya's prints because they flagged Sarah as a match. Because they all have the same prints. Yes. So if they test the photo and the prints come up, they're going to... They're going to be the same prints. They're going to be the same prints. So they're yes. going to wonder why Beth has the same prints as Katya. They're going to wonder why Beth has the same prints as Katya, and but they don't know it's Katya. They're going to wonder why Beth has the same fingerprints as this Sarah Manning that they Sarah don't know. Sarah Manning, well, who they think is... So they're going to wonder why Beth, who's actually Sarah, has the same prints as Katya. Sarah Manning's actually Katya. Yes. But who knew a show about clones could be so confusing? <laughs> it's it's just strange how like that's like the big plot, you know, the the smoking gun for, for art and, and that D'Angelo's, that whole plot. And yet as important it is to the show and to Sarah and the rest of them, it's like the least interesting thing in this whole, you know, I, I'd, I care more about Allison and her drama and Cosima and Delphine, the fingerprint stuff. It kind of just goes over my head, I guess, because I don't find it that interesting. Well, it's the science portion of the science, the rest of the science portion of the science fiction. And fingerprints are actually not used quite as much of a smoking gun as TV makes it out to be because it's really easy to smudge a fingerprint or pull it wrong. And then if you smudge a fingerprint, it can look like somebody else's print. Mm -hmm. So I was going to be a forensic person when I first went to college. So that's why I know a lot about fingerprints, because I've actually dusted for prints and lifted prints and compared prints. So 
that's why I'm nerding out on this because I actually know a lot about it. Very cool. One more random thing about Liz. Yay. I, I want to go back to Delphine. When she was looking on Cosima's computer, no, she wasn't looking. Well, she was, but really, the information she really found was in the folder with the information about the various clones. So, do you think she knew that she was dealing with clones before that? Uh, I think so. I think I wrote, I had the same thought. Did she know it was clones? But then, when she goes over all the the names, she doesn't seem too surprised. She seems more surprised about Kira than the other clones. Right. So. Okay, so some Paul and Donnie know that they're monitors, but they don't know what they're looking for. But she knew what she was looking for. They may have had yeah, to tell she's... her because she's a scientist, and they knew they would. She would puzzle it out anyway. Mm. Yeah. Well, and also she's banging the director. Yeah. That too. That tends to afford you <laughs> extra knowledge. Yeah, and I think it kind of that might have like you know kind of pulled her into it too. This kind of a mystery kind of thing, a scientific kind of thing. Come, come join us and you know study clones. That would be a big pull for a scientist. So can we discuss Allison Stone more? Because that was great. <laughs> you know, one of my notes is that as Allison gets higher, she sounds more and more like Cosima, <laughs> huh. and she looks slightly more like Sarah because okay. she gets more relaxed, and when she's more relaxed. She gets a little more heavy-lidded the way Sarah is. It was just a hilarious scene. It was great. I liked it. And I really like Chad and Ainsley because they're so suburban. They're so white bread. Yeah. They're just... Chad doesn't know what Godspell is. You, you just get, <laughs> there's just a... There's no culture, I guess, in, yeah. uh, in suburbia. They're, they're very cliche, but they're very, they're very funny. You're just full of questions, aren't you? Well, of course I am. I care about you. I knew you were unhappy, but... How did you know? By asking questions. Always asking, asking. Everything you know, you pried right out of me. Yeah, I love that scene here in the car, driving back, singing in the car to that song. It was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I start to make you nervous, and I'm going to extremes. Tomorrow I will change, and today won't mean a thing. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a mother. Oh yeah, and the trash <laughs> talking in the fight afterward. Yeah. The fight was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And I guess she was just waiting in the rain for her. The because, uh, I mean, it looked pretty cold and wet there in Canada. And she just came right in front of that car. She she must have been waiting for Allison to come home. But can we talk about yet another great point of music selection of Allison rocking out to I'm a Bitch? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's perfect. Because <laughs> that made me cackle with joy. Mm -hmm. The first time I saw that, that was just so perfect. In her own little bubble, she was owning the bullshit that she had just pulled, and she was doing fantastic. And, you know, she's got all these problems, and she's just singing it out. And then, bam, there's Ainsley like a horror movie in front of the car <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> it was great. And then I loved them, Allison and Sarah in the car. I slept with Ainsley's husband. What? I shagged Chad. Then Ainsley attacked me in the middle of the street. I 
degraded myself and I disgraced my children and I can't go back there. I seriously underestimated you. When Allison is telling Sarah everything that happened and she's trying to be all like she's all sad and drunk and possibly still a little stoned and I had sex with Ainsley's husband. And Sarah's and reaction like you did what? But Sarah has more respect for her I think after that. Oh, Sarah yeah. has more respect for her after she says that her and Ainsley got into a fight and Sarah's like well I hope you kicked her ass. Yeah. I did. Oh, and that's yeah. what Sarah's proud of her. Sarah's like yeah you did you whipped her ass. <laughs> Oh, but even before that, Sarah said, I underestimated you when she found out that she had slept with Chad. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was, oh, God, that was so good. And I just loved the, all right then, how proud Sarah looked. Yeah, <laughs> They're a really fun pair. I'm not sure, Lynette, did you think that Allison and Sarah would have these kinds of moments when you first saw how different they were? No, not really, because they really are almost like polar opposites at first. But once they, you know, started peeling back their onions, I could see that it could happen. You know, but because they're both very determined, very mm-hmm. determined women, and they do have that in common. So, but not at the beginning, boy. They just had nothing to say to each other. <laughs> Well, the first couple of times I meet, she threatened her with a knife and a gun. So. Yeah, I think she would have used them, too. She would have. What do you think is going to be the fallout from Kira being hit by the car? I think she's going to, I think Sarah's going to go after Elena, for sure. Big time. Okay. And no, I don't think Kira's going to die. Why not? Because I don't want her to. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, what if she does die, but they replace her with a Kira clone? Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I felt the car scene was cheap. Like, Thank it you. Just, it kind of just came out of nowhere, and it was shocking. But then it felt like it was a shock for shock's sake, and that it didn't, it didn't, wasn't deserved. Like Helena taking Kira felt like enough of a of a shock, and that felt like it was it was coming. And then maybe letting her go, that would have been enough. I mean, mm-hmm. that that kept me on the edge of my seat. All of a sudden, this car comes out and just hits the girl, and it's like, yeah, it made me gasp but the first time I saw it, and the second time, actually, because I'd forgotten what was going to happen. But yeah. then I kind of started thinking, like, well, this is just kind of ordinary stuff. It really, that's, uh, it lost, like, it lost, like, three points for me on that, too. That that was a very obvious plot device. Let's go all Joss Whedon here, you know. You know there's this big, touching, emotional moment, and we're starting to like people, so let's kill somebody, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it's like, yeah, we've seen this before. That wasn't necessary, you know. But I think that the way they handled the scene before with Kira and Helena made up for some of that. I'm with you on that one. I don't think they needed to do that. Helena eating packets of sugar? How is she not diabetic? I don't know. I don't know. She's still young. Yeah, that, that was my thought. <laughs> I was like, seriously. She's got a real sugar problem. Yeah, part of that's really yeah. that diet, though, that you kind of crave whatever is really quick energy because you don't have the right nutrients in your body to sustain you. Right. Were those pixie sticks? No, they were just sugar. Just plain sugar packets. Oh. Yep. Like I the ones that, that you get I at the Olive Garden. I used to eat sugar, sugar cubes out of the cupboard, baking cubes, because we I, didn't keep candy in the house. And I used sometimes to do that you, all just, time. you just get a craving, so you're like, okay, I'll eat the sugar cubes. Yeah. <laughs> I had an ex-boyfriend who would roll butter. He would make little balls of butter and then roll it in sugar and then eat it. No, no. Okay. No. 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 Yes, no. no. yeah, sir. Oh, no. That's, that's even further than I'm going. Should we do quotes? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Matt, you go first. 
I bet you could bounce me like a ball. Lynette? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it's a little bit long. It still feels this. As a scientist, I know that sexuality is a spectrum, but social biases codify sexual attraction contrary to bisexual facts, and then she leans in and puts one on Kasima. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that whole that whole piece there. Janice. Okay, I was thinking of you, Liz. This is one of the <laughs> one of the I can't remember exactly where it is, but Art and DeAngelis are talking about something, and DeAngelis says. Sorry to be a bitch here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're I, not. <laughs> I feel so special that that made me think of me. <laughs> Liz? I'm objectifying you in a sexual manner. <laughs> because um, I bet you could bounce me like a ball was taken. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. That was great. Uh, mine is Sarah and Cosima. They knew I wasn't Beth from the medical tests. You said our DNA was, like, identical. It is. You know, maybe it was your sunny personality that gave you away. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I have an Ainsley quote, because I love it when she puts it down her husband. Chad, go play with your dumbbells. (laughs) (laughs) My other one was... Uh, Kasima to Delphine. I just want to make crazy science with you. Oh, yeah. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this is Felix. Divorces do really strange things to normals, Sarah. They lose their fake happiness. They forget the way to the mall, and then they come downtown to find themselves. Yeah. Yes, that was a really good one. And then I like, um, Allison shows up at Felix's and, you know, looking terrible because she's just had the fight with Ainsley and she goes, bad things have happened to me. Yes. <laughs> I like when Felix and Sarah were talking and something about having Allison come over too. And oh, good. We eat Weight Watchers and watch Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was great. Okay. So favorite clone and favorite non-clone, Matt? Favorite clone is Allison because she got high. She slept with Ainsley's husband. She got into a spectacular fight in the street. Then she was very sorry afterwards. And she had this great moment with Mrs. S where she she reached for the bottle and Mrs. S took it from her. And she goes, oh, (laughs) I just love her. And I'm going to give favorite non-clone to, I almost said Ainsley, but I'm going to give it to Mrs. S because she was very sweet. I loved it when she called Allison Chicken, offered her a place to crash. She was uh, a great mother figure for Allison in that moment when Allison really needed the support. So I'm going to give it to to the pair of them for that great scene at the end. Awesome. Mm -hmm. My favorite clone and non-clone, of course, is going to be Cosima and Daphne because, just because, I'm on a ship now. (laughs) 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 Although I do really, really like the scene with Kira and Helena. I really did like that. But Daphne and Cosima went out. Janice? My favorite clone is Allison, and my favorite non-clone is um, Chad. Wow. <laughs> nice. Well, I, love nice. Their, I love their scenes together. I thought that was, that was yeah. hysterical. It was great. Good list. My favorite clone is Allison for her beautiful rendition of Bitch. And my favorite non-clone is Siobhan for how good she was in this episode, especially when the cops came and told her that Sarah was dead. 
Javon Sadler? Who wants to know? Detectives Bell and DeAngelis. Are you the legal guardian of Sarah Manning? And she was really upset by it. Not because she thought Sarah was pulling another con, but because she actually thought for a minute that Sarah might really be dead. Okay. My favorite clone is Allison for all the reasons everybody's been mentioning. And because I probably haven't said in an episode or two how much I love Allison. (laughs) My favorite non-clone is Delphine, who I haven't found to be an awfully interesting character before this. But now she's really gaining some dimensions. And she's becoming interesting in the same kind of way that Paul became interesting after a slow start. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, ratings and favorite scene. Matt? Favorite scene... Tempted to go with the fight, but that Mrs. Hess Allison scene was very, very sweet. So in a, an episode packed with great scenes, that I think that was my favorite. And I guess I'll give this one since we're doing ratings nine and a half out of ten bouncing vans. Yeah, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> awesome. Lynette. Okay, well, my favorite scene was the Eskimo pie scene, of course. That was very sweet and pretty neat for me. A lot of great scenes in this one, but that was mine. I liked that one. This episode suffered a lot. It lost three points for each of these bad plot devices. The let's have her here get hit by a van or a car and let's use situational bisexuality. But they so that was they lost three points each for that. So that put it at like four. But they gained back two because they actually saved these plot devices and turned them around and made them uh, pretty awesome, really, I think. So that put it back up to what is that? It was at four and I gave it two back, four more. So it's back to I gave it eight out of ten incredibly adorable bras. Janice? I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten ways to get rid of pot smoke. There, a lot happened. We, we found out a lot of things. I like. I, I agree. I like the scenes with Mrs. S and Allison. I liked Allison going off the deep end. I like, you know, Art and DeAngelis finding out more about, you know, what's going on, or at least thinking they're finding out more, being perplexed anyway. And I don't like the fact, although, I mean, I can... I see where it's going and and having seen the show i know what's going to happen but i don't like the fact that kira has this connection with helena because i just don't like helena so that's one of the, the dings it got so which was your favorite scene chad and allison in the car oh uh, yes liz okay i give this episode nine out of ten touchdowns and uh, my favorite scene is the sibling scene between Sarah and Felix when she's poking him in the nose with her toe, which doesn't stink. Does it smell bad? Uh, I just, I love that. And then uh, including all of the parts where Siobhan comes in and is like, oh, good, you're not dead. <laughs> so I really liked all of that. Yeah, I really liked this episode. I had a ton of quotes. I had a lot of good scenes. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 heads bounced off steering wheels. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite scene was Allison singing Bitch and then the fight afterward. So good. That was my backup. Okay, do we have feedback? So much. Okay, um, let's see. Okay, this first is general feedback, not specific to an episode. Lynette said, I am in love with this show for so many reasons. Harold replies, and I suspect you will find more reasons to love it in season two. Victor DeGrand says, I actually didn't like this show that much at first. 
I had been watching something else on BBC America, and they kept running promos for this new upcoming show. The name Orphan Black really didn't tell me anything, but I decided to set it up on my DVR anyway. For the first few episodes, I was wondering why am I watching a show about these low-life drug dealers and con artists? But the premise was intriguing enough that I stayed with it, and the Allison Glue Gun episode really got my attention. After that, I watched it every week in real time instead of just recording it and getting around to it later. But the second season is something else. You might want to have an oxygen tank on hand when that starts. And Nutty says, I love it too. I dig the pace that the show has. It doesn't feel like there are filler episodes, which is great. And Bob says, well, the pace certainly isn't going to slow down. In our podcast for the first episode, someone who had seen the series said that it felt like that's all that happened in an episode where two of the clones died. And I agreed with that. I felt the same way. And then this is feedback for episode eight. Harold Wallen said, most horrifying cliffhanging ending ever. When I first saw this, I jumped out of my seat as if I could jump into the TV to save Kira. That ending can't overshadow all the other great things that happened in this episode. Just moments before that, there there is that incredible moment when Kira asks Helena what happened to you and gives her a hug, reducing... Sorry, I keep messing up the pronunciation. Uh, reducing Helena to trembling tears. That was the moment when I became a Helena fan. And if that was not enough of a reason to think that Tatiana deserves all the awards, what about that scene where she plays a both drunk and stoned Allison sitting next to bemused Sarah at Mrs. S's table? How can this be the same actor? Plus, we get Allison singing I'm a Bitch, Delphine wanting to make crazy science, and poor Ainsley, who's humiliated in virtually every possible way, including getting her ass kicked by Allison. What if Felix is wrong and she's not Allison's monitor? Nutty sent two emails. I couldn't wait till you all recorded episode seven. Now I kind of wish I waited because I want to watch episode nine right now. Sarah is over 18. Why is Art asking if Mrs. S is the legal guardian? He should ask if she's the next of kin or just say they're there about Sarah Manning. Ooh, Chad, don't, no, don't do Chad. Kind of love that Allison kicked her friend's ass. Kira, no, no, no. <laughs> are you it's okay a, or do you want me to take over yeah you should probably take over I'm kind of hoarse I, I, I will point out that Nutty actually sent three emails but one of them was about episode 9 so we can't read it yet okay. <laughs> the other email from Nutty rewatching and I have more hopefully coherent feedback Detective DeAngelis doesn't seem to be working for Leaky's group because she, she would have blocked the discovery of clones I think but she is still off Mrs. S tells Kira to go upstairs and how she can never answer the door unless they invite people. This is odd. Why does Kira have these rules? It can't be from when Mrs. S was blocking Sarah from seeing her because Sarah is allowed to come over now. Is this leftover from hiding Sarah all these years? Or does she know she needs to hide Kira from people specifically? Is Kasima really into this Neolution nonsense? I had more faith in her. Ainsley really wants to be the skating coach. I think she just wants to one-up Allison. Allison seems to be showing signs of schizophrenia and paranoia. Granted, she is right about her fears, but to anyone not in the know about clones, it's almost textbook behavior. I feel like Leaky is Delphine's pimp. I'm also thinking 
he is at the top since he and Delphine talk about the rules that Cosima has to initiate disclosure. I like how Mrs. S is ready to run and tell Sarah that's the deal. I think she means to take Sarah and Felix with her when she runs with Kira too. I noticed in the rewatch, Allison makes little huh noises a lot, and they're really cute, but so very Allison. I love Allison's choice of music, some 90s top 40. I love watching her try not to get physical with Ainsley, and then it went too far, and boom, she kicked ass again. Love that so much. I love how Felix and Allison are such good friends now. He knows she's a mess before Sarah, and he's the one she comes to when things are messed up. Delphine did not want to have sex, and I feel for her. She cares about Cosima, but she is such a pawn. I also give her credit for keeping quiet about Kira. I think the only two Leaky didn't know about were Sarah and Helena, which makes me wonder. Are the other clones orphans? Edit. Okay, so Allison, Beth, and Cosima were in vitro, or known orphans, so perhaps Helena, like Sarah, was in the black, secreted away. Mrs. S handles the news really well and is mothering to Allison. I wonder if it's mostly because she has her daughter's face. When Allison says she was studying but then got married, it made me think Donnie is her watcher for real. I don't know. Perhaps her watcher is her mother or both? I think Helena is so confused by Sarah. She wants to be her or thinks they are connected. Her sniffing of the coat is amazing. Her downing pixie sticks is also cool. I feel bad for her. Kira going with Helena freaks me out. She's an insightful kid, but walking into the street, oh no, can't take that. And then uh, we have some additional Facebook feedback. Katrin said, oh God, that ending. Pretty much a guarantee that when I tell somebody to watch the show, I get a lot of very angry all caps text at the end of this episode. The Helena and Kira scene break my heart every time. Helena looks so lost and confused, just makes me so sad. Allison and Chad in the minivan always cracks me up. So does Allison and Mrs. S. Cosima and Delphine, I love on this show that there's no fear of the word bisexuality. And it's totally reasonable part of Delphine's completely adorable explanation of her feelings. It's not super common that bisexual characters actually say they're bisexual. So I'm always happy when it happens. Overall, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of the show. It's definitely the one I've seen in most of all of them. And then Nettie said, I'm not convinced about Ainsley being Allison's monitor either, but I don't feel bad for her Harold because she was clearly pushing and pushing Allison. Clearly she wants to be Allison, and I wouldn't be surprised to find out that she tried to sleep with Donnie at some point. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Oh, boy. Okay, we also had... Some things on the Facebook group which were visual, so we can't really read them on the podcast, but if you want to see them, go to facebook.com slash group slash clone dance party. This week we had a video of Helena dancing with Olivier's tail (laughs) and some pictures of the covers of Orphan Black comics, which are going to be starting early next year. Yeah, Um, we... We spotted those at a comic book shop, shop and Simone took a picture of it. So Yes. If you like the podcast, leave an iTunes review. And we were going to be soon announcing when you can sign up for Season 2 guest spots. That should be within the next week or two. We're going to do them by email. We'll give you plenty of lead time and just send an email with what your favorite episodes are. Thank you all for the feedback. Thanks, Matt, for being our guest again. Would you like to mention any other podcasts you're on or where you can be found online? Sure. Twitter handle is Sheriff Bullock. One one word, one name. Sometimes you can hear me guesting or sending in feedback to Intro to X, Intro to Briscoe. And next February, I will be starting my own podcast 
go on to the Facebook site, search for Hooplecast. This is going to be an intro cast like this one, but it's going to be about HBO's Deadwood. Cool. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'll need co-hosts who have not seen the show before and guests and people just to watch along, send in feedback. So go look up Hooplecast. All right. Okay, so join us next time for Season 1, Episode 9, Unconscious Selection. And until then, remember, answer the door for Auntie Allison, not Auntie Helena. <laughs> Bye. 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 Adios. Cops. Yeah, I, yeah, where are you going to go? No idea. You haven't kidding me. Bad things have happened to me. And I would love to hear about them. I would. But right now, you need to go. You know, it's really, really good to finally meet someone who gets it. Mm. Who gets... Who gets me. Dear mommy, I miss you. Mrs. S says you are in the sunshine. Please come home. Love I don't know if Art's gonna throw me in jail or if Kasima's gonna knock us out to the near Lucianist. Well, don't forget Helena, she's always fun. <laughs> <laughs>